Welcome to the SDG Talks podcast. Today, we're diving into the Wisconsin Water Week, hosted April 8th through 12th in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. You will hear from Grace Hasse, Ali Spang, and Kirsten James as they discuss the purpose and significance of this event, as well as the workshops and hands-on opportunities available. We're going to touch on the challenges and concerns for Wisconsin water, such as climate change and invasive species, along with some best practices, holistic approaches to water management by different stakeholders. You're going to hear many reasons why you should attend Wisconsin Water Week, and I look forward to seeing you all there. Make sure to check out the show notes for the link and hope to see you in Stevens Point. All right, we got the third of our Wisconsin Water Week podcast series. Joined here with Grace Hasse, Ali Spang, and Kirsten James. Hello, all of you. How you doing today? Good. I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Well, we got four of us here, so this can be a little bit of sort of like a kitchen table talk conversation about all things Wisconsin Water Week, what it is, why it's awesome, and some of the events happening. And just to kind of, before we get started, so there's a little bit of a groundwork, because you all have a unique connection and dynamic to University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, Wisconsin Water Week. We'd love to get a quick little 60-second or so bio background about you. So I'll start with you, Grace, then Allie, and then Kirsten, if you want to go. So Grace. Yeah, my name's Grace. I'm majoring in natural science education at Stevens Point. I'm getting a biology minor and a certificate in environmental science. And I'm going to graduate in 2026. My goal is to teach eighth grade students and really inspire them about water quality and getting them outside because I think outdoor education is really important. Allie? Yeah. So I'm a senior here at Stevens Point. I am actually a forestry major with a focus in ecosystem restoration and management. But with that, I have minors in soils and waters as well as a wetland certificate. This is my fourth year with lakes and I am currently serving as their Healthy Lakes and Rivers intern. And I'm Kirsten. I'm a civil engineer. I work out of a smaller consulting firm in the Chicagoland and Wisconsin area. Um, I graduated Point in, I believe, 2016 and primarily studied hydrology. I worked with Extension Lakes while uh, as a student there and since graduation have continued to be involved in helping plan the convention and attend every year. Love it. Well, so all of you have a, a tie back to to Point. Eric, earlier today on the conversation, he told me, like, on your hand, it's the, it's the middle of the knuckle. I actually hadn't heard that before. I know normally... People talk about that from the Michigan perspective on the other side of the hand. But I guess, hey, you flip it around. You got Door County right your thumb, right your thumb there. So, <laughs> But I, I will say that I had the fortune of attending Wisconsin Water Week last year. And it just was, it was vibrant. It was electric. It was exciting. And just I left with a lot of good findings and insights. And I'd love to sort of hear from, from your perspectives of sort of what is Wisconsin Week mean to you? Like what, what is it and, and sort of why does it exist? And again, this is meant to be a kitchen table talk, sort of unorganized pandemonium. So I'll, uh, you know, I guess throw it to you first, Allie, and then, you know, Grace and Kirsten, let's uh, just kind of just roll with it. Yeah. So Wisconsin Water Week is is super awesome because it's kind of an eclectic group of just people who really, really care about lakes. And it's kind of almost like a family, really. It's like a big family reunion of everyone who cares about the lakes in the state, which is really, really awesome. And it's a really fun time where we all kind of get to see what each other are doing, you know, catch up in that regard and also see what new things are going on and that sort of thing as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think Water Week to me is really, as Ali said, a unique conglomerate of people from regulators to folks who are working at the county level, you know, local jurisdictions, folks that live on lakes and are part of their local lake association or district, consultants and kind of everywhere from, you know, there and in between. And it's a really great platform in which we all kind of get to collaborate of, again, what have we been working on? What are some of the new, you know, research applications that we've all been involved in? What are some, you know, success stories and projects that have been going on? Have there been any legislative changes? So really a great, a great place for everybody to come together and really talk about what's new with lakes, what's been going on with the last year, catch up, again, get together on a very friendly level and, you know, have that kind of camaraderie around lakes and rivers and education. Like Kirsten said, I think it's a good checkpoint to check in with everybody, see how everybody has been since the last convention or last time you saw them. I've only attended last year, so that was my first time as well. But I've attended the Red Cedar Watershed Conference in Menominee for three years with my uncle, Dick Lamers. He was the one that invited me to this conference this year, and that's how I started working with Extension Lakes. He introduced me to Eric and Paul and all the people I now work for. So that was super awesome. But it's an opportunity for students to potentially get internships like me, for them to really dig into what they're learning at school and like relate it to say, oh, this is what I can do in real life. These are people who have real jobs. And this isn't just like a lecture that I'm learning about, about water or soil or other things like that. It's really puts it into perspective, like this is real and you can help do this even as a student. Yeah, let's elaborate that a little bit more. And Grace, initially you talked about the importance of getting outside and the the value of IRL in real life. While this is a great digital forum that we're talking, I'm very excited for the in-person interactions and the the, the outdoor interactions too. But within Wisconsin Water Week, I know there was these workshops before and after, as well as just the interactions before. But what are those like and, and what can someone maybe expect from those kind of events? I think the hands-on opportunities that we have the privilege of being part of as part of convention are really key and critical. You know, we have workshops in which you can talk to, you know, people that can help you use some of the online tools or the reporting mechanisms that are designed for people to collect and share water quality data. You know, there's like plant identification workshops in which, again, you can really see the plant, you can feel it, you can ask questions about it with an expert who's, again, a you know, statewide leader and teaching, you know, education about these sorts of things. So just that real, I think, hands-on, you know, face-to-face is really impactful, both for a learning opportunity and networking and getting to know other folks. You know, as Grace mentioned, there are a lot of professionals here that range from, again, somebody who's part of a nonprofit to regulators to consultants, and it's a great opportunity for students in particular, but also other professionals to network with each other and, again, really have that face-to-face time to make an impression. Yeah, I know in my experience, I really enjoyed, there was a hands-on muscle identification workshop, which was really, really cool. You got to work with some people from the state. They brought in examples, which was really, really cool. And then on top of that, we also do have field trips that kind of go along with convention, which are always really fun. So we go and look at local streams, local projects, stuff like that, which is always a lot of fun. Yeah. We always preach to get outside and it's nice to get together and actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some workshops this year that are going to highlight working as a treasurer in a lake district and things like that, where you can get involved and really understand how you can have some leadership for your lake and how you can help 
do it yourself and help really protect the lake that you live on or that you live near. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that because I work with Sarah and she does capacity stuff. And so it'll be seeing it kind of in real life, like I was saying before. But And there's lots of other ones like people had mentioned prior about wetlands and just organisms because I'm big into ecology. So I'm interested in seeing some of those this year. It'll be fun to check all the stuff out. Likewise. Well, I'm just excited to see and experience it all. And, and I know there's a lot of, there's these poster sessions, there's these lightning talks, there's these breakout sessions, there's workshops. So there's no shortage of, of content. And I know this content is kind of aligned around some of the themes. And this year, the, the 50 year anniversary of the, was it the, the Clean Water Act or the, some, I should know this as I'm speaking out loud, but there's some 50 year anniversary that we're celebrating this year. It is chapter 33, I believe. So those are rules and regulations that govern a lot of our works in water and around waterways. Got it. Thank you for clarifying because I was not. And so I guess I, uh, from from you three, you're all involved in water and, and clean water and Wisconsin water in, in different ways. What are some things right now that kind of uh, that both excite you, but also stuff that maybe kind of keeps you up at night that you're a little worried about? Because I mean, as, as wonderful as Wisconsin waters are, we are also vulnerable and there are also threats, which is the value of coming together and sharing best practices and learning from other, other people's successes and failures. But a lot of that comes around, well, what's happening? So I'd love to hear some of the things that you're sort of excited about and some stuff that you're worried about as it pertains to you know, a snapshot of 2024 Wisconsin waters. I'm excited to, I feel like we're in a, in a phase right now, especially in, again, our kind of Wisconsin water community that we've been talking about, where education is really kind of, I think, crossed over the threshold from being this kind of small event annually that we talk about. And there's, you know, information on the DNR website and stuff like that to becoming more of a robust, lively community in which we have a lot of individual movers and shakers and, you know, local districts and watershed organizations that, you know, really, I think are are becoming the voice and the mouthpiece for a larger breadth of education than I think I've ever really known to be a, a large driver in some of our communities as well. So I think that's something that, you know, that may just be my perspective on moving into this world as a professional. But I think the, the education on a local level is really you know, been pushing the limits of what people are familiar with and what tools they have and what resources they know of exist. And that, again, that network that we've been building, I think has really come to a head recently. Something that I'm concerned about bigger picture, I think is climate change, especially when it comes to floodplain regulations and talking about building and improving structures on our lake servers and watersheds that, you know, have historically you know, we're, we're either just built and never a problem. And all of a sudden we have a big event and, or we update a floodplain model. And we do realize that we have some structures and, you know, some of them may be schools, some of them may be, you know, residential homes that are potentially um, at risk for, for flooding. And I think, you know, in terms of wetland restoration and lakes and rivers protection, a lot of our, our effort can kind of cumulatively, help us better protect ourselves and become resilient against some of these uh, challenges we are facing based upon climate change. I want to add on to what Kirsten said about education. So from my perspective, I've done two kind of field days with some groups of students this year. And we went to a WAP. It was one was a Wapaka County conservation field day, which that one was super cool. I ran a station with Aaron 
And we taught kids about the macroinvertebrates that are in the water and they got really excited about it. All of them wanted to like get hands on and touch them all. And so that was really cool to see that kids aren't really, really scared of bugs. I think it's getting more integrated into our culture where it's like, oh, this is a creepy crawly, but I'm excited about it because it's interesting and I want to learn more about it. And when we did the Twin Lakes group, we were there for like three hours with kids and they just couldn't get enough of it. They wanted more and more to do with it. One kid came up to me and was even like, I want to build a school here and do this every single day. I want to look in the water. I want to see what it's all about. And so that was really like heartwarming for me as a future educator because I was like, this is awesome. I love kids that are really excited about it. So there are definitely future generations that are coming up that we're going to be teaching and that we're going to be working with eventually that are really excited about the things that are in the water, which means they'll help protect it. And one thing that I am not so excited about, like Kirsten said, global warming with the more extreme of climates that we're having with more extreme winters, that means like more salting the roads and more doing all these preventative measures, which can lead to more runoff and more things in our waters that are not beneficial to the creatures that live there. And so I'm not looking forward to seeing how that gets impacted, but it will be something that we have to work on more combating because we want to keep those bugs alive. Continuing on education, actually, something that I've noticed through my time here at Stevens Point and talking to other students, I work in an office here that advises a wide variety of students in our College of Natural Resources as well, is I've really started to notice students coming in looking to take more holistic approaches. And so rather than just saying, you know, I want to look at the water and only address the water, you know, they want to look at the land surrounding the water and how that actually impacts that water quality and what we can do upland to kind of also better improve our our lakes and our rivers. Another thing that I'm kind of not super excited about that we're working on and that we have been working on um, is in aquatic invasive species management. That's a never-ending battle, but it's really detrimental to all of our aquatic systems. Slowly chipping away at, but yeah. Well, I loved what all three of you said, and, and some one kind of underlying theme, I think, to all of those is to the point you said, Allie, is like a, taking more of a holistic approach in the sense that these challenges can't, there's no silver bullet, there's no kind of uh, infomercial, you know, get quick six pack abs type solution. It's like, this is a big problem, problems that we face that require stakeholder engagement, that require new technologies, that require rethinking the way that we've done stuff. And one of the things I'm most excited about with Wisconsin Water Week is how to learn and from other best practices, how to look at what other groups have done, successes and failures, and apply it. But kind of on expanding on that holistic approach and sort of what, how this ties into Wisconsin Water Week and why Wisconsin Water Week exists, like this idea of sharing best practices. If you have any specific examples or if you have any insights or kind of the, the hundred little things you could do to support aquatic invasives and species or to things you can do to support the, the different macroinvertebrates. I mean, to all that, it's sort of a open-ended comic question, but what are some examples or insights that you all may have around that? One of our series of talks for convention this year is actually focused around kind of a watershed approach, tackling some of these issues. So that's been, I think, a big pivot point, both from the state and regulators. And I think it's getting trickled down to some of our actual lake and watershed managers too, that really taking a watershed approach to some of these things 
is the way to, you know, manage some of our flooding issues, manage water quality, keep the water in the land, that sort of thing. In particular, those series of talks are going to include um, some examples from, I think we have two or three speakers that are from local lake groups themselves and some of the consultants that they've worked with to actually implement some of those on the ground practices. So we think we have a talk um, about a stream restoration where they took kind of an agricultural ditch and re-meandered it in order to um, realize some water quality and habitat benefits. And similarly, we have some wetland restoration projects that we'll talk about in those upper watershed areas that, again, can really measurably impact and influence water quality in people's specific lakes or rivers, you know, in their backyard where the work isn't necessarily on your site or on your property, but the work is someplace else. And that's really, again, kind of part of the toolbox that we have in order to manage some of these issues on a larger scale. Yeah. Also, from a forestry perspective, just more talking about that holistic approach, within forestry, there are a set of best management practices, and all of those are actually based on water quality and how what we're doing upland from these systems is affecting our waters and that sort of thing. Recently, I had the opportunity to visit a site where we were also doing some stream meandering, stream restoration work. That was also a very large forestry teaching center. And so it was really cool to kind of get to see how we manage upland sites in relation inside of those watersheds in relation to streams, like how we can better our practices in that way to, you know, really help benefit our water quality and our habitats. One of the things I always tell the kids when I'm doing practices with them or such, I always tell them, be mindful of what you're doing. So don't be throwing trash in the water. Don't be throwing it in ditches or like in lawns because it all can go back to our waters. Whatever you put outside will eventually go back to a water body. And a lot of kids really, you can watch them like process it and like understand it. And so they're looking at all these things that live in the water, fish, bugs, plants, and they're they see this whole ecosystem and then they kind of relate to it more when they see it like that. And so then they're more likely to tell their parents and say, hey, mom and dad, why are we throwing garbage places? Or, hey, why are we, why is there so much stuff in our lawn right now that's causing problems? So I think just being mindful of what you are doing every day, like conserve water too, not taking super duper long showers, turn the faucet off when you're brushing your teeth. Just simple things that we can remind ourselves can help conserve water and also keep it nice and pure as we have it right now because it's a finite supply. We don't have all of it in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's a hundred little things and I've heard a lot of the best public safety outreach initiatives are usually when you're not going to the parents, but if you're going to the kids in some capacity who then bring that home and when the parents hear from their kids, it's harder for them to ignore it. So couldn't agree more on that, Grace. And and I think I, I love just the kind of, all of this is working out great. And I'm really grateful for this conversation. It's flowing really nicely. And, you know, with Wisconsin Water Week, just about three, four months away, this will air hopefully sometime in January, 2024. But what would you say to someone that's maybe thinking about coming or never thought about coming or or kind of what to expect with attending Wisconsin Water Week. And again, all of you have your own unique kind of take on this, but thoughts on sort of why someone should attend and, and sort of what what's some of the key takeaways they may have. I think one of my favorite, like my personal favorite takeaways 
from Wisconsin Water Week. It's just that it's such a united front and it's such a welcoming and supportive community. No matter who you talk to there, um, there's something to be learned. There's there's some sort of connection. And I think that's really, really cool. Whether it be it inspires you to take action on your own property, whether it be, you know, it inspires you to help with education or you just feel more informed so that if this comes up in a conversation with someone that you know, you can say, hey, I I went and I did this and I learned these things and maybe help educate other people as well, I think is really, really cool. One of the most valuable things I think an attendee gets out of the conference in general is, you know, we always say you don't know what you don't know. You may think, okay, I have a horrible sedimentation issue in my lake and here's a a resource that I can go to and talk to other people who can help me solve that problem. Then it opens your eyes to what are all the sources of sediment? How can regulators play a role in supporting, you know, my organization and our work in order to manage this issue? And just, again, you kind of come, can come in with a perspective or, you know, you think you know something and then really meeting people and understanding that what contributing factors may be or, you know, other potential impediments or opportunities in your specific situation. You know, you could learn something about floodplain management. You could learn something about how a wetland works, learn how to ID different types of plants. And all of a sudden, you know, you have this, you came to convention with the idea of what you wanted to learn and you come back with, oh, well, yeah, I learned about that, but I learned about all these other things too. And then when you're making decisions and you're working together with other people in order to, you know, implement solutions, you can lean back on, oh, I met that one person who may be a good resource or could teach me more about this. Or I remember that there's an online tool that I can use to find water quality data. And just that breadth of additional information that you wouldn't normally get exposed to, I think is an incredibly valuable outcome of attendees that come to a convention every year. Yeah, building off of what Kirsten said, all these people attending are voters, citizens, and homeowners, and they're making decisions every day that impact our waters. Since we live in the state of Wisconsin, we're so lucky to have all the water that we do. And it's really important that we know how awesome that it is that we have all this water and how you can get more information, similar to what Kirsten said, about how to ID stuff that's in your water, how to fix it. Like, hey, I live in Menominee and Lake Menomen is very polluted. Why is this and how can I fix this? So just being a more informed citizen, I think, is how you can do your duty to the state of Wisconsin and help the waters, which is another great reason to come to the conference and support Water Week. Allie, any thoughts on that one? Well, I would say, yeah, I mean, it's really, really great to see such a wide variety of people there. Something that I've kind of learned while I've been slowly moving into a professional career as well as a student is that being able to talk to this wide range of people, whether it be, you know, professionals, scientists, legislators, homeowners, is a really, really valuable skill as well. So for students specifically, I think it's really important and really valuable time to kind of learn and practice and also learn new things and kind of, you know, again, gain those resources for the future. Yeah, and from a student perspective, you know, these could be potentially your future employers. These could be people that you can land a summer internship with. 
you know, there's a, through UB Stevens Point, there's a um, student research symposium that goes on in the springtime every year. And a lot of students are doing their own research and, you know, are hunkering down in the wintertime in order to assess the data or run some more water quality samples. And they put a lot of work into, you know, their poster presentations or kind of lightning talk sort of presentations for the symposium. And this is a really great opportunity in order to, you know, expand your reach of that research and present kind of who you are and what you're about and the skills that you have, again, to potential future employers or potential partners that you would work with in the future. Or again, even just homeowners that could potentially benefit from some of the lessons that you've learned as part of your research. Yeah, absolutely. That is another huge one. I actually was able to present at Wisconsin Water Week last year in a poster presentation, and it was actually right before our research symposium here on campus. So not only was it good practice for that symposium, but it was good practice presenting to a variety of people because I got to talk to landowners who who came and asked me questions to kind of relate to their shorelines. And then I also came and had questions from professionals and I actually got to talk to Kirsten there as well, which is a really, really cool experience. And all good reasons why you should attend Wisconsin Water Week, A. But then uh, I was looking at my notes here and Allie, this actually question to you, Eric, earlier. This is a small little pivot, but Eric had mentioned that you are working on a project, something around with effectively using digital media sources and some sort of digital scraping of the webs and part of this, how to better communicate and storytell. And I think that's a big part of of how we need to continue to embrace that it's 2024 and we do need to better storytell and communicate and understand what the problems are and how we can communicate that better. And I'm not exactly sure if that's 100% aligned with the project, but could you give us just a quick high level, what is this initiative that you're leading and, and how is it relevant to Wisconsin Water Weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So I am working as the Healthy Lakes and Rivers intern here in the office. And so Healthy Lakes and Rivers really tries to get shoreline landowners in contact with professionals and to get them technical and financial support for shoreline restoration initiatives to really better their shoreline quality and their water quality on top of that. And so what I'm doing right now is I am working on promoting our shoreline evaluation tool, which is essentially a fairly short quiz where, you know, homeowners go and they self-assess their shoreline. And this quiz gives them some ideas of things that they could maybe do to improve. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to use digital marketing to really try to target specific lakes and specific people in specific counties to actually go and use this tool, you know, to further shoreline restoration initiatives. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's something that I know in, on Elkhart Lake, we should probably use that tool. So I need to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Healthy lakes and rivers. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it's, uh, as I mentioned, it's December recording it. Wisconsin Water Week is, is quickly approaching in uh, early April. Any sort of final thoughts or comments, questions? This could be somewhat of a mic drop or a, a quote, a question, an idea, a challenge. Any sort of final thoughts that you could all leave us with here today to sort of, you know, as it relates to our conversation and the upcoming show? I would say if you are not planning and attending in person as part of kind of our broader Wisconsin Water Week, 
we're really encouraging organizations and other institutions in order to host and attend other water-centric events throughout the week. So convention is kind of a smaller part of, again, what is broader Wisconsin Water Week. So if it's not something that, again, you want to drive to Stevens Point or, you know, it's convenient for you to come to, there's plenty of other opportunities to both, you know, dive into the resources that we'll share and we'll talk about as part of convention. You know, there's a archive list on the UW Extension Lakes page of past presentations and past resources. But, you know, through the Lakes program themselves, there's so many additional resources and, again, connections that we can make as part of that that, again, I think can really help inspire people to get educated, continue to share more information, and again, kind of lean back on deciding whether they want to do their own event as part of Water Week or see what else is going on in their area and attend another event. Yeah, piggybacking of, of Houston, another great opportunity with Wisconsin Water Week is a lot of the time, a lot of our programs and our workshops are also available via Zoom if you're not able to make it to the area and you're interested in specific events. It's a great great opportunity to maybe still try to get some of that information, still kind of talk to people if you're not able to attend in person. I would encourage you to get outside and look under the surface and see all this wonderful water that we have in Wisconsin and to take advantage of it recreationally for winter. You can go ice fishing, ice skating, and really appreciate why we have this water. And even in the spring, appreciate the mud, appreciate the runoff, because this is how we live. We live off of water and we need it. Chris, fire me up. I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, sometimes the best thing you could do for yourself is just go put your feet in the dirt and go throw some rocks at trees and spend some time in the water. One thing I've talked about before, but uh, one of my favorite books and authors who I know is tied in with UW Stevens Point is Wallace J. Nichols, who wrote the book Blue Mind, the whole study about why humans are happier, healthier, more productive when we're on in near and around water. And it's more than just the clean water and healthy ecosystems, but the human connection to that. And Grace, you just touched on this, and I know I said I was going to wrap it up, but any sort of thoughts, all three of you, on that kind of concept of the, the human connection to water and the spiritual human side about why water is so much deeper than just what we see on the surface? You just feel better after you go outside. If I'm having a stressful day, I will go outside, take a walk in Schmeekly on campus, and I will feel so much better and more calmer, and I'll be able to like assess the situation that I was stressed about more. Or if I'm just not doing anything, I'll just go outside and take a walk and really just look closely at all the organisms and ecosystems that we have. So it can be a great tool to calm you down in this stressful world that we live in and just gain more knowledge and have some fun outside. Yeah, Grace has been preaching here. No, I'm totally on board with that too. I think again, you, Claire, or Grace, you mentioned this earlier is you know, the kids like to get their hands in dirt. And the more that they can do that, the more that they appreciate the world that they live in and care about, you know, water quality and care about community around lakes and rivers and really care about the future of this stuff. And, you know, I think that us as, as adults can learn a lot from kids too, to don't hesitate to get outside and run around and again, really take advantage of the resources we have here in Wisconsin in particular to you know, whatever the season, regardless of the weather, really just pull up our, our pants and get outside and do something new and, you know, go ski and go hike and smell the clean air, even if it's a little chilly outside or even if it's a little rainy outside. And that's just going to, again, both inspire ourselves individually and make for better communities and better futures. Yeah, you know, water is 
such a valuable resource. It really makes the world go round. We needed to live, our plants needed to live, our animals needed to live. Without water, there would be nothing. Humans are what, 99% water? Just kind of a really cool thing to think about, you know, and I think there's something to be said about being so close to something that is us, that, that makes us who we are, and really being able to appreciate that. Yeah. Likewise. Well, I, I appreciate all three of you. Grateful for the opportunity to cast a spotlight on all this and your experiences and the roadmap to all things Wisconsin Water Week. So all the links will be in the show notes, but I know as far as exact date, that's April 8th through 12th in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Be there or be square. It's going to be great. So thank you all for your time today. And I look forward to seeing you all in person soon. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. See you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the SDG Talk podcast. Make sure to check out all the show notes for relevant links from this show. Please share and follow SDG Talks on social media and stay tuned for updates from the Unleash in United Nations community. The goal of the SDG Talks is to bring you good content. If you want to learn about something specific or have suggestions, please let us know. I look forward to seeing you next time on SDG Talks.